We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Good Shabbos, everyone. I have a really good friend who has a band, and the name of the band sums up pretty much how I'm feeling these days. The name of my friend's band is The Future Scares Me. I'm going to give a little plug, check it out, go on to SoundCloud or YouTube or whatever after Shabbat, check it out, another good Berkeley boy. But I've been thinking a lot about the future for several reasons. For one reason, um, in my own life, you know, there are more uncertainties now. I'm, I have six months left here with all of you at Romamu, so the future beyond here I know, the future beyond here is starting to seem very real. And I've been thinking about the future because the world that we are, are in feels increasingly more uncertain each day. And I've been thinking about the future because this week in our Parsha, we are presented with many different examples of liminality, with many different examples of transitions. Right? So we are in a transitional moment right now in the secular world as we approach the new year. And in our Torah reading today, we are given many examples of transitions. The most pressing transitions that we have in this week's Parsha have to do with death. This week's Parsha is called Vayechi, which means, and he lived. But ironically, this is the Parsha where we learn about the deaths of Jacob at the beginning and then at the end of his son Joseph. So I've been thinking a lot this week about the future, about all of the unknowns and all of the uncertainties that are presented to us when we think about the future. And one of the great places where this comes up in the Jewish tradition, maybe the best example that we have of the future, is in the story of Choni the Circle Maker. Do people here know the story of Choni the Circle Maker? No? No? Some, some do. But do people know the real story of Choni the Circle Maker? So the story of Choni the Circle Maker, the maker goes like this. We are told in the Talmud and Tractate Ta'anit, and a tractate devoted to conversations around fasting, we are told about a man named Choni, who one day was out and about, and he witnessed someone planting carob trees. And Choni said to this individual who was planting carob trees, why are you planting those trees? Doesn't it take 70 years for carob fruits to become viable and edible? And the person said, I'm planting these trees not for me, but for my ancestors, for my descendants, sorry, for my descendants, so that my descendants will be able to enjoy the delicious 
taste of carobs. I hate carobs, but in the lens of the story, carobs are delicious. Maybe some people think that. If you do, you know, I don't mean to yuck your yum. It's just not for me. And in the story of Choni, something incredible happens. He lies down under a tree and he falls asleep. And this is the great Jewish Rip Van Winkle story. Choni sleeps for 70 years. And Choni wakes up to a world filled with carob trees. And all these carob trees are up and he sees the person who looks like the person who was initially planting the trees. It turns out to be the great grandson of the person who planted them. And this is normally where the story ends. The story is often taught on Tubishvat, around trees, about nature, about our obligation to the world. But the actual story in the Talmud goes on and we are given a much darker spin because Choni goes up to this grandson of the person who planted the trees and says, I'm Choni. And the person does not believe him. And Choni, who awakes 70 years later, goes back to his home. And imagine going back to the home you lived in 70 years later and finding different people, different faces living there. And Choni goes up to them and says, I am Choni. I used to live in this house. And the people don't believe him. And finally, Choni goes to the Beit Midrash, like all good rabbis in the Talmud. Where does he go for comfort? He runs from his home to the Beit Midrash, and he barges into the Beit Midrash, and he says to everyone there, I am Choni. And again, no one believes him. And the Talmud tells us that Choni was so distraught over this, over not being recognized, that he died. I know, that's the part that, the, that we usually leave out when we talk to kids. But Choni dies. And I've been thinking about this story because I think that one of the things that it has to offer, one of the things that it can tell us, is that the future is fundamentally unknown. And that Choni, by going into the future, we are told by the rabbis, can never really know what happens. And so for all of us right now who are presented with changes in our lives with these moments of liminality, with transitions. And some of us, I'm speaking for myself mostly, but who might be imagining what our lives will, will be like in six months or in a year or even in one week from now, we really don't know. And this idea is reinforced in our Parsha today where we are told twice by the Midrash that right before Jacob is about to die, he wants to tell his descendants a vision of the future. The Talmud tells us that Jacob opens up his mouth to offer nevuah, to offer prophecy, to offer a vision of what will happen next. But each time that he opens his mouth to say what will happen in the future, he is silenced. And instead, the words that come out of his mouth are blessings. And I think there's something very powerful and very profound in this image for Jacob on his deathbed, the unknowns are probably very real. The uncertainties that he's feeling in this moment cannot be underplayed. And he wants to tell his children something. He wants to say what is going to happen next, and he can't. But from that place of ambiguity, from that place of uncertainty, he's able to offer blessings. He's able to take that darkness, that thing that he doesn't understand, is able to bring light out of it.
and the continuation of the Parsha from that point on and what we're about to read are the blessings that Jacob bestows onto his children. And even though, as I said, Jacob wants to offer them a vision of the future, what he can offer instead is blessings. So I want to offer this blessing to all of us. May we be like Jacob. May we come to those moments in our life where there is doubt, where there is uncertainty, where there are unknowns. And may we find a way when we are in those places of uncertainty to bring out blessings, to offer blessings to those around us, to raise up sparks for ourselves, and to make the world a more holy place.